Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. Lollipop, lollipop, Good afternoon, delight, and welcome to the show that is sugary spiceness and everything niceness on OCRFM, which is 98.3 across Colac and District, 88.7 FM along the coast, and streaming online at ocrfm.org.au. How's it going, Max? Yeah, pretty good. You've had a, uh, a busy one this weekend? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been up to? I've been racing up at Swan Hill. Oh, yes. And you've literally just <laughs> dropped back into town yep. as we speak. I only um, just got back. Yeah. How did the um had the race go? Yeah, pretty good. Mm-hmm. In the heats of went all right. Yep. Qualified third in the B main, then got sent rear field because I spun out. Yep. Made my way back up to third again within a couple of laps, which transferred into the aim, back of the A-Main, made my way up to 10th in A-Main, and then hit a big rut. Steering started to vibrate really bad, so I came in and, yeah. Stopped it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to be, better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, good fun, though. Yeah, it is, was um, a lot of fun. More, more to come? Yeah, the, racing again this weekend, this weekend at Alexandra. Oh, you're really going all over the place. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, goodness me. Well, that'll be a big old adventure then. Yeah. Well, um, we're we're getting into a bit of a Christmassy mood here at uh, OCR at the moment. And, um, like, the the front window has got a a very strange spinning Santa that uh, Tyson has created this year. Yeah, I saw that. But, um, yeah, everywhere you look... There's Christmas decorations, and last night they had the whole uh, Christmas by the lake um, music extravaganza, raising funds for Colac Area Health. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely winding <laughs> down towards the end of the year. Yeah, you're uh, off school now. That's it. Yeah, I finished last Tuesday. All over Red Rover. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, holiday plans or. Um, Just not go to school? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we best get this show on the road then, shall we? And uh, find out what's new on the shelf. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. Radio Max. Now, this is something that... I'm bemused at, but uh, looking forward to. It's a new limited edition run of Kettle Chips. Now, these came out early last month. No. And I'm intrigued to see whether they have captured the flavour or not. Yeah. 
So uh, what have we got there? They're kettle chips inspired by Bundaberg ginger beer. Now, I'm a massive ginger beer fan, so <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. But I want to know, how do you make ginger beer chips different to just ginger-flavoured chips? Because they're potato chips. Yeah. It's not like the chips are actually ginger, despite the uh, <laughs> the bottles and the, the ginger root on the front of the packaging there. Yeah. So it's got the whole Bundaberg... Uh, inspired logo underneath the kettle logo. Yeah. So they really have gone all out here to combine things. We've had a few odd combinations in 2023. We should do a bit of a countdown show <laughs> of uh, all the strange combos. We've had donuts uh, flavoured twisties and all sorts of things this year. Yeah. But um, they've paired the potato chip with Bundaberg ginger beer. Now, Looking at it, I can see salty flavour. Mm-hmm. What have you got? Anything to give away that it might be ginger? Um, does it smell gingery? No, it smells like just an old potato chip. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, please don't let me down. <laughs> Let's go for the uh, the munch and crunch test and see whether or not they've managed to capture ginger beer flavour. In uh, the new Kettles potato chips. What's your thoughts? It's got a slight gingery taste. Yeah, it's not bitey like a... Like when you drink ginger beer, it's often got that really crisp taste to it. Yeah. It's not salty, which is... A plus. I was one. I was worried it was going to be ginger and salt, mm. but it's also not sugary. Like ginger beer can have the really sharp taste, but also that sweet aftertaste. I'm not quite getting that. Yeah, it's a very subtle flavour for something that could be quite potent. Yeah. still does have a slight ginger taste. It's Yeah, but for what Bundaberg ginger beer is, <laughs> I'd really like him to, you know, kick it up a few notches. Yeah. Because I'm just getting... Uh, there is a, a bit of a, not a saccharine, but a sweet taste to it as well. Yep. What have they done with the ingredients to try and get an open line. So, potato base, sunflower or canola oil cooking, there's a bit of sugar, salt, uh, spices, ginger and chilli. See, I'm not I'm not getting... I was expecting a lot more bite. Yeah. Baking soda, buttermilk powder. Be interesting to know how this compares to kind of their... If they even do. I think they've got just a plain sea salt chip. Yeah. Oh, I really <laughs> wanted to love these. I like them, but I wanted to love them. Yeah. They're a little bit of a letdown. Because <laughs> to me, like, <laughs> good ginger beer can almost clean your sinuses. <laughs> like, it can be really, really strong flavoured. Yeah. But I, 
I tell you what, if I'd closed my eyes and had to guess what the flavour was, I think I would have struggled. Yeah. You can you can just pick. It's not like a like if they've got gingerbread. Definitely not ginger beer. It's like you've accidentally dropped your chip in ginger beer and then <laughs> shook it off, <laughs> and yeah. it's dried out. Yeah. Um. So I'm only giving it like half a thumb out of two. Yeah, I'd probably say the same. Yeah. Not quite floating my boat. I really, I really did want to love that. Yeah. That's a bit sad. But. Let us know if you disagree. We'll pop that up on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page. The uh, limited edition Bundaberg Ginger Beer Kettle Chips. Uh, we'll take a quick break here on Afternoon Delight and we'll be back to talk Lindor, our uh, topic of the week. <laughs> Max, on Afternoon Delight, it is time to talk Lindor. Uh, what what do you know about Lindor chocolates on the... Fancy chocolate brand? <laughs> yeah, they do. They're the, the Mother's Day gift, <laughs> the Christmas gift, the, the birthday. They're, they're quite decadent. They're not your run-of-the-mill, oh, I might just grab a box of those. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, these, these are definitely your upmarketers. Special occasion chocolates. Yeah, that's it, that's it. The... If you want to impress someone, and the particular packet that we've got, um, like they, they come in single flavor sachets. I would call them. They're not even chocolate boxes. Yeah. Uh, they come in like a foil lined sealed things. But the, um, uh, the one that I've got happened to catch my eye because it's Christmas marketing at the moment and it's everywhere. But it comes looking like a champagne uh, bottle box. Yeah. And kind of, I think they're trying to cash in on maybe New Year's Eve, perhaps, so that fireworks in the background. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. But uh, Lindor is uh, an part of the Lint and Sprungly Swiss Chocolatiers. Yeah. So, um, uh, Chocolat Fabriken Lint and Sprungly, which do businesses <laughs> just Lint chocolates, thankfully, so I don't have to say that more than once. Uh, Swiss Chocolatiers and a confectionery company that was founded in 1845. And uh, on the back of all their packaging, they have a uh, picture of the Lindt Master Chocolatier doing his thing. <laughs> um, so they're best known for their chocolate truffles and uh, chocolate bars. They're based in Kilchberg, which is where its main factory is. And they also have a museum of chocolate there. Wow. Put that one on the bucket list. <laughs> uh, the origin of the company dates back to 1836 when David Sprungley and his son Rudolf Sprungley uh, bought a small confectionery shop on the town of Zurich. That's where they began producing chocolates under the name David Sprungley and Son. <laughs> uh, before that, uh, before then, sorry, they then moved to uh, Paradeplatz in 1845 and established a small factory. Uh, where they produced their chocolate in solidified form. Then when Rudolf retired in 1892, he gave two equal parts of the business to his sons. The younger brother, David Robert, received two confectionery stores that became um, the Confissory Sprungli. The elder brother, who was Johann Rudolf, received the chocolate factory itself. So 
trade-off. One's kind of making it, the other is selling it in the shops. <laughs> to raise the necessary finances for some expansion plans, Johan converted his private company into Chocolate Sprungly, which is what it's known as today, in 1899. The same year he acquired the chocolate factory of Rodolf Lint um, from Bern, uh, which is a another um, Swiss town. Yep. And so the company then changed its name to... Now, let's see if you can wrap your head around this. Atken Gelschwast Vinegerg Verbrenner und Zutschke Chocolatefabriken Lint und Sprungli. Not a, no, I'm not going to try and say it again. Yeah. No. But that translates roughly to United Burn and Zurich Linton Sprungly Chocolate Factory Limited. Oh, yeah. Uh, by 1934, they started to produce milk chocolate, but uh, before 1934, it was only dark chocolate, which is interesting. Yeah. Sugar content and uh, the likes. <laughs> they expanded in 1994 um, by acquiring the Austrian chocolatier Halber Oschenreich and integrated that along with the Kulferl brand. By 1997, they acquired the Italian chocolatier Carafel and the American chocolatier Ghirardelli in 1998, integrated them into their company, just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Since then, Lint and Sprungly expanded uh, to the international market, and uh, they started to put out Lint factories and the like uh, around the world. So there are 12 factories in Kiltberg, Switzerland, Aachen, Germany, Oloran St. Main in France, Indula Ulona in Italy, Glognitch in Austria, and Stratham, uh, New Hampshire in the United States. So the factory in Glognitz manufactures chocolates under the Hofbauer and Curl brand, as well as the Lindt branded chocolates. So in previous episodes of Afternoon Delight, we've talked about their gold bunnies and uh, some of the, the Lindt chocolates. Yep. But the Lindors specifically are the um, the little chocolate balls, kind of the, the truffles. And, um, yeah, that's the, the main focus of today's show. Um, you can get them in their specialist cafes and chocolate stores all around <laughs> the world. There's over 400 of those <laughs> uh, dotted where they have a lot of chocolate-themed things on the menu from uh, just plain chocolates, chocolate desserts, Handmade chocolates, macaroons, chocolate cakes, <laughs> chocolate ice cream. And, um, yeah, they're, they're all around the world. But uh, let's take a quick break here on Afternoon Delight and prepare ourselves for uh, our head-to-head where we're going to pit some of the Lindor chocolates against each other. But uh, let us know on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page. Do you have a favourite? Because uh, this time of year, as well as the traditional ones that we're going to be testing... They do bring out uh, across the the months different themed ones. We've had uh, strawberry creams, and uh, they had a gingerbread one last year, I think, or the year before for for Christmas. Yeah, um, a lot of Easter chocolate, but uh, yeah, we're going to basically focus on the the top five in the the Lindor range. So we'll do that right after this break. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, strap yourselves in for this week's great confectionery debate as we pit two similar lollies against each other to decide an overall champion. 
it is time and afternoon delight for us to go head to head to head to head to head <laughs> on the show with uh, the different the top five Lindor flavors uh, that they have on offer in their specialty pack. Um, as I said, when they're selling them traditionally, they come in individual flavors. Yep. But uh, this is the Lindor Gala pack that we are sampling from, which has five different flavors. Do you want to guess what they are? Does it say on the outside? Uh, I think they do. Okay, so we've got a red one, a blue one, a gold one, a gold one with orangey brown paper on it and a green one yep and from your previous knowledge of Lindor do you remember what any of the flavours are it can be a bit of a lucky dip sometimes you you vaguely remember oh I think I like the, the blue package ones <laughs> then you open up you're like oh no it must have been the red one <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think the blue one's just like the plain milk chocolate mm-hmm but I've got no idea what the rest would be. Okay, so the blue one is the dark chocolate. Ah, okay. Does that help you pick any of the others? Nope. No. <laughs> so the red one is the milk. The uh, white chocolate is the kind of the gold, the light gold one. And then the other end is, it's gold, but it's got, what do you call it, like a bronze circle on it? Yeah. Is that the... The best description? Yeah. So that is a uh, milk dolce de leche. Aye. Which I think uh, last time was um, it was it was something that we liked quite a bit. <laughs> it's like a caramelised, kind of like caramilk. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, very, very French. Yeah. <laughs> and the last one, the green uh, wrapper, is a pistachio. Like a this milk one pistachio. Has- Pistachio written on it. There you go. So the others don't give it away, but maybe because it's got nuts in it, <laughs> they might have to. Yeah. So uh, their little blurb on the back of the packaging says, whenever and wherever you take a Lindor moment, it seems to make life feel so much more sublime. When you unwrap Lindor and break its delicate chocolate shell, the irresistibly smooth filling starts to melt, gently carrying you away in a moment of bliss. Lindor, created by the Lintmaster Chocolatiers... Passion and love for chocolate since 1845. So if that doesn't uh, melt your heart, I don't know what will. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, as we said, quite decadent, quite fancy. It's that thing of you pay for less. Yeah. (laughs) It costs a lot more to buy a box of these than it would your regular block of chocolate. But the the care and... um, uh, expertise that has gone into making it is is where the price is. So, how do you want to uh, pit these five head to head? I don't know. Just do you, do you favorites. Want, yeah. Mm. Do you want to stick with a particular one first? Go with the dark chocolate blue one. Blue one. Right. I will start. Dark one. That's the blue wrapper. Um, now. Is there significance on the wrapper of the... Is it like an ivy, perhaps? No? Some sort of vine. Yeah, I don't know. doesn't look chocolatey, but they all have the same imprint. I'll yeah. see what I can find. <laughs> so, uh, two shells that have been moulded together. Yep. And on one side it has a bump on the top. Mm-hmm. Then one has a 
dimple sort of thing. Yeah, I'd say that's how they fill them. Yeah. Which would be why one is kind of overflowed and the other is uh, sealed up. So thick, dark shell on the outside, a good, oh, two centimetres at least. Thick chocolate. And then the inside is a like a ganache almost. Yeah. It's really creamy. I've bitten off the uh, top shell, which was unfilled, just so that I can try and compare the the different textures. So the the outer layer, it is a crisp shell. It's not like a an M&M or a Smartie or something like that. <laughs> because the, the entire shell is chocolate. Yeah. It's taking a while to melt in my fingers as well. Like, yeah. you know how sometimes those... I, I guess that's the good quality. It's not <laughs> melting under body heat. Yeah. It's a very cocoa-y aftertaste. Yeah. Not bitter, but... Yeah, it, it, it sits at the back of your throat. Yeah. What's it doing for you? Right. When you first bite into it, the outside layer is like, um, I don't know how to describe it, <laughs> but like almost crunchy. Yes. And then once you get into the inside, it's like smooth and melt in your mouth. Yeah. It's, it's, as I say, ganache is the closest I can come up to the, the description of the, the taste. Yeah. Because it is... It's kind of thick like Nutella. Yeah. And it's it's different to like your caramels or your other chocolate fillings because it's it's keeping its firmness without being runny. <laughs> yeah. It's a really uh like just perfectly balanced uh to to keep its shape. Yeah. Um but as I said, yeah, it's not even melting in my fingers when I was holding it. Yeah. But uh a really nice blend between the the dark chocolate outer layer and then the the inside with the the chocolate filling. Yeah. Um, a good way to start. Where to next? Was the red the milk chocolate? Red one say? is milk chocolate. Yep. So we'll try and uh, decrease the intensity of the, the cocoa. And it's quite noticeably different yeah. shade. That's... I wonder if they have the percentage of... No, it doesn't tell me there. Oh, yes, it does. Milk chocolate, uh, 32% uh, cocoa solid versus the 45% dark chocolate. Oh, yeah. Interesting, the milk um, is only 2% more than the white chocolate. Hmm. That will be interesting when we get to that one. It's a nice, smooth taste. Yeah, I'm I'm liking this a lot more than the, the dark. Mm-hmm. It's sweeter. Yep. But not too sweet. Mm. Similar to when we had the the ginger chips at the start, it's just on the edge of. It's not really sickly sweet. It's a really well balanced chocolate. Yeah. Like the the inner center isn't overwhelming. Yeah. Hmm. Just as smooth, but. Creamier, perhaps, the milk yeah. chocolate one. It did taste like it. And I think, yeah, that, that kind of 
almost bitter edge of the dark chocolate is is nudging it towards the bottom of the pile for me. Yeah. Um, three to go. Where do you want to head next? White chocolate. White chocolate. Okay, so that gets the the three main <laughs> food groups of uh, chocolate out of the way: the dark, the milk chocolate, and now the white chocolate. So it comes in a gold emblazoned cover. Yep. Same deal. You've got the two halves that have been joined together to make a sphere of chocolate. Yep. Uh, very creamy white colour. Yeah. Kind of lighter than a Milky Bar. Yeah. Or similar. <laughs> See, yeah, I don't know. Milky Bars, uh, maybe not. It's got a kind of yellowish tinge to it now that I look at it under a <laughs> different light. Okay. How's the centre? I don't think it's as creamy as the milk chocolate, but it's sweeter. Mm. Yeah, that's bordering on sickly sweet to me. Mm. That's the intensity that if you had um, a sweet tooth, <laughs> could could cause a bit of pain. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's not even as creamy, strangely, even though it's, it's, it's milkier than the milk chocolate, mm-hmm. but it tastes... Yeah, it's got a a sharp aftertaste. Yeah. It 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 tastes very sugary. Yeah. Compared to the other two. I don't think I'd be able to eat many of them. No, we we've been kind of decreasing the scale as we've gone along from the intensity of the cocoa to the increase in sugar, but um they they're calling it natural flavors. Um so yeah, I think I'm probably sitting on par with you. Would it be milk chocolate first, then all the way down to dark chocolate, or are you putting dark chocolate in the middle? I reckon dark chocolate's on the bottom. Yeah. The the white chocolate's a bit too sickly sweet. Yeah. But I think I prefer sickly sweet over that bittery kind of dark taste. Yeah. Two to go. Where next? The... Oh, golden the gold one. So this is the uh, Dolce de Leche. So if you're wanting fancy, fancy. Yeah. This is your caramelised chocolate. So it looks like it's a um, a milk chocolate outer layer. Yeah. But um, it might be the centre that is the milk Dolce de Leche. Yeah. So I'm cracking through the shell. Oh, yeah, it's a lighter creamy centre. And it's a really smooth, creamy inside. Mm. Does it have like a coconut taste? I was actually going to ask that. I can't quite place. I was expecting caramel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, actually, the more it melts on your tongue, you get that caramelised aftertaste. So it's like a caramel milk taste. Yeah. Like Jersey caramels, you know, the, yeah. the the little blocks you can get? That's the, the aftertaste I'm getting. But um, that, that tasted even smoother than the milk chocolate <laughs> one. I didn't think that was possible. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's hit the top of my list. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm assuming, again, that they, they do all these in individual packs. So, uh, hmm, last one. Have we saved the best to last, or uh, we will find out? 
so the light green packaging. All the others have white um, leaf em embossed on it, whereas this is, oh no, it has white too. <laughs> it was just <laughs> the, the writing that's in gold. Uh, milk chocolate ball? Yep. So outer layer, chocolate. Inside is white. Yeah. Oh man, that's very nutty. Yep. Mm. Sweet. That's a very strong pistachio taste. I was wondering how they were going to go about that because pistachios, they're so small, but that has really captured the essence. Yeah. It's like eating a, a, ground, a ground up handful of pistachios that they've somehow managed to make liquid form. But again, all of them. The, the center maintains its consistency without being like sloppy or gooey uh, like the the caramels that you sometimes get in a caramel koala or a block of chocolate yeah it's it's just on that setting point from not being solid to being malleable enough and almost liquid yeah how is it uh how's it for you the pistachio one it's very sweet Mm. But I don't know if that's because of how many we've had. It or... could be. <laughs> it's. I think it's also trying to counter the... Like, pistachios do have a bit of a, a salty taste to them. Yeah. In their natural state. Oh, well, particularly salted pistachios <laughs> do, but um, they're, they're a much stronger flavour than any of the other chocolates. So it's possibly trying to... Not deaden, but... <laughs> um, Whatever word I'm looking for, lessen the 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 overall taste, perhaps. Yeah. But uh, ranking out of five, how have we placed them now? Milk chocolate, mm -hmm. white chocolate, the golden one. Yep. Can't remember what it was. Pistachio, <laughs> <Milk laughs> yeah. And the pistachio and the dark chocolate on the bottom. Right. So I'm putting the the. Dolce de Leche one at the top, the the caramelised one. That that really rose to the top for me. Then the milk chocolate, then white chocolate. I might go pistachio, then dark, as opposed to dark <laughs> and pistachio. <laughs> but uh, let us know. There are so many different flavours out there. This is just the top five that they market all together in the Lindor box. Um, just, just alone on this show, I know we've had at least a dozen different flavours <laughs> over the years with uh, the, the Lindor um, range that they have released. So let us know if you've got a favourite, uh, 0439 329 713, or jump on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page. We'll be back after this with our sweetest tune. Afternoon Delight, it is time for our sweetest tune, which, when you think how decadent and um, fancy the Lindor chocolate range from Lint is, this is probably the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> uh, the idea behind this song, it's from South Park, uh, who often like to push the uh, envelope, so to speak, and it's called Chocolate Salty Balls. Now, I remember when this came out, I couldn't believe that it was on the radio because, oh, it was so rude. 
But it's one of those ones that it's totally and utterly full of innuendo. And it's performed by Isaac Hayes, who is a, an incredible um, soul singer. But he uh, performed the um, the voice of Chef in the, the TV series. Um, so it appeared in the 1998 episode Chef's Chocolate Salty Balls, in which he creates a confectionery treat and then begins to sing the lyrics that become the basis for the uh, the song. Reached number one in the UK singles charts in Ireland, also charted quite high here in Australia, number 14. Uh, top 10 hit in Denmark, Netherlands and Norway. And uh, it was written by Trey Parker from South Park and produced by Rick Rubin, who is a co-founder of Def Jam Records and uh, also the co-president of Columbia Records. So... Uh, Hold on to your hats and just think of the recipe. Don't think of the (laughs) the lyrics. This is Chef Isaac Hayes with Chocolate Salty Balls. Two tablespoons of cinnamon And two or three egg whites A half a stick of butter Melted Stick it all in a bowl, baby Stir it with a wooden spoon Mix in a cup of flour You'll be in heaven soon Say, everybody ever seen my balls? They're big and salty and brown If you ever need a quick, pick me up Just stick my balls in your mouth Ooh, suck all my chocolate salted balls Stick them in your mouth and suck them Suck all my chocolate salted balls They're packed full of vitamins and good for you So suck on my balls Quite a cup of unsweetened chocolate And a half a cup of brandy And throw in a bag or two of sugar And just a pinch of vanilla cookie sheet Cause I hate when my balls stick Then preheat the oven to 350 And give the spoon a lick Say everybody have a seen my balls, they're big and salty and brown If you ever need a break, pick me up, just stick my balls in your mouth Suck all my chocolate salted balls Put them in your mouth and suck them Suck on my chocolate salted balls You're packed full of goodness High in fiber Suck on my balls Hey, wait a minute What's that smell? It smells like something burning Well, that don't confront me now long as I get my rent paid on Friday. Baby, you better get back in the kitchen. Because I got a sneaking suspicion. Oh, man, baby. Baby, you just burned my
out there was Isaac Hayes as Chef from uh, South Park with Chocolate Salty Balls. <laughs> uh, as I said, I think I was in grade five when that song <laughs> came out. And uh, yeah, almost had a conniption. <laughs> uh, we are fast running out of showtime. Let's jump straight in with a recipe. <laughs> Time for a recipe on Afternoon Delight. What are we cooking up today from the Lint website? Chocolate truffle cake. So this is, a, according to their uh, website, a medium recipe uh, that will serve 10 to 12 people. So, uh, yeah, strap yourself in. What do we need? For the ganache, 200 ml of double cream, 20 grams of golden syrup, 200 grams of Lindt Excellence 70% cocoa dark chocolate chopped, 20 grams of unsalted butter softened, then for the cake, 150 grams of Lindt Excellence 70% dark chocolate chopped, about two, about four tablespoons of hot water, 125 grams of unsalted butter softened, 100 grams of golden caster sugar, 1 teaspoon of vanilla extract, pinch of salt, 4 large eggs, 100 grams of ground almonds, 100 grams of ground hazelnuts, 50 grams of breadcrumbs, then for the syrup, 50 grams of caster sugar, 40 ml of water, a couple drops of vanilla extract, then to decorate, lint, fruit, and or crispy sensations, Lindor truffles, unwrapped, edible gold shimmer spray, optional. Okay, so uh, <laughs> now that we've got the 20-minute ingredient list out of the way, let's see how you put all that together to make your uh, chocolate truffle cake. We did say that it's uh, going to be pretty intense. Yep. Prepare the, the ganache, pour the cream and golden syrup into a saucepan and slowly bring to the boil, stirring occasionally to ensure that it doesn't overflow. Put the chopped chocolate in a heatproof bowl with the butter. Pour the hot cream over the chocolate and mix until smooth and glossy. Leave to cool completely before covering with cling film and leaving overnight. For the cake, preheat the oven to 180 degrees Celsius. Fan. Grease and line an 18 centimeter deep round loose base tin with greaseproof paper. Put the chopped chocolate into a heatproof bowl set over a pan of barely simmering water. Stir until melted and smooth. Remove from the heat, stir in the hot water and mix until smooth, then set aside. In a separate bowl, cream together the butter and sugar until pale. Add the vanilla extract and salt and beat to combine. Add the eggs one at a time, beating well 
between each addition. Add a tablespoon of the ground almonds if this mix looks like it's beginning to curdle. Mix the melted chocolate. Mix in the melted chocolate. Mix until combined. Fold in the remaining ground almonds and hazelnuts, followed by the breadcrumbs until you have a smooth batter. Pour into the prepared tin and bake for 35 to 40 minutes or until skewer inserted into the centre comes out clean. Then leave to cool in the tin for 15 minutes before turning out onto a wire rack to finish cooling completely. Meanwhile, for the syrup, pour the water into a saucepan, add the caster sugar and vanilla extract and bring to the boil. Stir to dissolve the sugar, then remove from the heat. To assemble, using a, a separated bread knife, cut the cake in half horizontally, drizzle each half with the syrup, place one cake onto a flat serving plate, Top with a third of the ganache using a palette knife to spread in a smooth layer. Top with the other cake and the remaining ganache using the palette knife to cover the top and sides in a smooth even layer. Decorate the top with the Lindor chocolate truffles and fruit sensations and spray with edible gold shimmer spray if wished. And we're there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what a recipe. That uh, is going to go up on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page if you'd like to have a go at it. But, uh, yeah, it is a, it's a fairly big one. Yeah. But uh, we'll be back after this to wrap up the show by unwrapping our Kinder Surprise. It is time to open up our Kinder Surprise. What is inside? It didn't shatter this week. <laughs> Ooh, it's got green. And it's a lizard. I can already tell that. It's, oh, it's like a chameleon. Yep. So fully green. Should we be able to see it? <laughs> <laughs> right, just like. Somehow clips in, I think. So it's, yeah, tree branch and then the lizard. Oh, yeah, I think it's going to go that way because the uh, the little arm leg things look like they curl around the branches. Yeah. That's pretty cute. There we go, I think. Nice. Oh, clipped. Well, just before we get out of here, let's take a quick look at our uh, Facebook page. Now, uh, last week on the show, we were looking at Rocky Road. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, did people go uh, crazy for Rocky Road on the Facebook page. Um, we were wanting to know, what are your must-haves in uh, a Rocky Road recipe? 
Uh, Jason says, definitely a cup of yumminess. <laughs> Didn't specify. Deb says, marshmallows. Lynn said, uh, cherries. Megan says, coconut. So, uh, lots of must-haves in the recipe there. Oh, there we go. Max has just finished off the... the uh, is it a... Yeah, it's a chameleon, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's got kind of funny-looking wattle thing underneath <laughs> its face. Um, then we were going head-to-head with uh, Rockley Road or the Dairy Milk uh, Marvelous Creations Rocky Road block. Um, it was uh, Daryl Lee, hands down, the winner on that one with the Facebook votes. Um, and we also may have been influencers <laughs> by uh, doing our Rocky Road show, Max, because a uh, certain supermarket has just put out some Rocky Road tarts huh. uh, after our broadcast. So, uh, yeah, they're brand new on the shelf. I wonder whether we were the inspiration for that. I'm sure we were. <laughs> yeah. that, that's exactly what happens every week on this show. So many uh, people tune in from markets and, uh, yeah, anywho. <laughs> uh, but the other exciting thing was Spotify released their... Um, Spotify rap for the year yeah, and that gives you the stats on um, you know who's who's what apparently according to Spotify uh, there are eight people out there who this this particular show is their top podcast of all the podcasts they, they listen to around the world uh, we've generated over uh, 1500 minutes in 2023, hmm. um, and our listenership on the podcast has increased 82% over the last year, so uh, there you go. Cool. And our epi- most downloaded episode was Paddle Pops, so <laughs> it'll be interesting to revisit that in uh, 12 months' time, but uh, that's it from us. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you can join us next week for more Afternoon Delight. Bye-bye. See ya. See ya.